Ryan Harvey from the album The Revolution Will Not Be Amplified. That was Peace, Justice, 
and anarchy. Welcome to Polyrical, a podcast of political music, a soundtrack for the resistance, a topical solution for the political revolution. I want to hear from you, so if you like what you hear, or even if you don't, you can go to the website polyrical.com. On that website, you'll find some links. You'll find a link where you can recommend a song or an artist for a future episode. You can recommend a topic as well. And there's a link there as well to send me an email message. You'll also find some links on the right-hand sidebar to make a donation. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation to keep Polyrical free and independent. Here is... Uh, Daniel Kahn and the Painted Bird from the album Lost Causes. This is March of the Jobless Corps. jobless corps, no work in the factories, no more manufacturing, all the tools are broken, rusted, every wheel and window busted, through the city streets we go, idle as a CEO, idle as a CEO, well one, two, three, four, join the marching jobless corps, we don't have to pay no rent, sleeping in a camping tent, dumpster diving, don't take money, every bite we share with 20, let the yuppies have their wine, bread and water suit us fine, bread and water suit us fine, well one, two, three, four, join the marching jobless corps, worked and paid our union dues, what did years of that produce, houses, cars and other shit, for the richest benefit, what do workers get for pay, hungry, broke and thrown away, hungry, broke and thrown away. Oh, my God. 
to our topic of the episode the topic of the episode for this episode is the so-called deal of the century the deal of the century is the trump administration plan to uh, permanently solidify the existing situation in israel palestine which is one that fully benefits the israelis and doesn't support the palestinians almost uh, at all. Here's a little bit from an article written uh, by Marwan Bishara called What's the Big Deal of the Century? When I was at, and this was obviously uh, written before the plan was released. When I was asked to write a commentary on the so-called deal of the century, I could only roll my eyes in frustration. First of all, the plan hasn't been released. Second, Leaks signal it will consist of the same tired and failed ideas. Third, the radical American Zionists behind it take their cue from Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, except when he's not radical enough for their taste. And top it off, the quote, deal of the century is actually the title of a 1993 comedy, which features a bunch of hapless arms dealers and a weapon named the Peacemaker. A coincidence? Perhaps. But the plot of Trump's deal seems to be the same. In short, I have struggled to take all this seriously, even if I admire the patience of those who commented on the pros and cons of the deal and the potential conflict of interest of Zionist extremists masquerading as peacemakers. Radical American Zionists are sure to produce radical Zionist proposals. It's the nature of things. And the dealmaker trio, Jared Kushner, Jason Greenblatt, and David Friedman, even boasts of supporting and funding illegal Israeli settlements in the occupied Palestinian territories. It must be said that each and every American administration over the past three or four decades was subject to major Zionist influence over its Middle East policies, especially in regard to Israel and Palestine. Indeed, recent administrations have gone out of their way to appoint Jewish and non-Jewish Zionists to their Middle East posts, whether at the White House or the Departments of State and Defense. These include hardcore Zionists like Dennis Ross and Elliot Abrams, and the more pragmatic Zionists like Mark Indyk and Aaron Miller. But make no mistake, Kushner, Greenblatt, and Friedman are no ordinary diplomatic conmen. In fact, they are ideological hitmen on a mission to kill the national Palestinian aspirations and all prospects of a sovereign, independent state. Entrusting them with peace is like leaving a fox to guard the hen house. And if we take a look on Wikipedia at the entrance or the entry for the movie Deal of the Century that uh, this plan is... Um, ostensibly named for, not that that's official, but uh, it, it's, it's an interesting coincidence that it has the same name. 
if we look down at the line that uh, covers the reception of the film Deal of the Century, it says, Deal of the Century was poorly received by critics, as the film holds an 11% rating on Rotten Tomatoes from nine reviews. And I think that uh, portends for the reception of the quote-unquote deal of the century uh, proposed by the Trump administration and the Israeli government among many of us. Here is Genocide from the album Classified Intelligence. This is a Zionist agenda. This thing is an entire mess. Uh, the Palestinians are virtually in like a concentration camp. They have a few small missiles, but it's so minor compared to the firepower of Israel, who has nuclear weapons, and uh, they can turn off all the food and all the water and, and whatever they want to the people in Palestine. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I want your attention. Let me take you back to 1897 in Basel, Switzerland. Zionist Convention with Theodore. Herzl and rest of the henchmen The session of we the Jew returns to Zion 1903, the Aliyah be arriving Supported by the British Pro-Zionist-minded rocks of Judea Stood in the way of white men Aided with the Arthur Balfour Declaration Working with Rothschild, another Freemason America joined up, approved the migration Palestinian land, they began taking Civilian resettlement, planned partition Many got killed from their own home driven The war got built with no opposition West Bank guards are resembling a prison <laughs> I have a dream One day to see the liberation of Palestine I, 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 I have a dream One day to see the liberation of Palestine <laughs> I have a dream One day to see the liberation of Palestine <laughs> I have a dream One day to see the liberation of Palestine I'm not anti-Jew, I'm anti-oppression Anti-Zionism, anti Anti-aggression, American aid, add fuel to the engine American made guns be the murder weapon They blaming Hamas for the fear and commotion But how would you feel if your land was stolen? Living in a prison, your spirit is broken Half your fam there, can you fathom the notion? Coming from a war zone, I know what it's like When you running for your life in the middle of the night The Israeli Defense Force, we need to indict For war crimes committed with illegal apartheid My people rise up and oppose the oppressor let everybody in the world know the agenda The West want peace, but don't apply pressure Pro-Zionism, they support terror I have a dream One day to see the liberation of Palestine I have a dream One day to see the liberation of Palestine I have a dream One day to see the liberation of Palestine I have a dream One day to see the liberation of Palestine all of us here tonight are brought together by a deep commitment to Israel's security. Palestinians may be suffering is not the main Israeli concern now. Israel attacked Palestinian targets with F-16 warplanes, killing 11 people. Palestinian killed with two of his children. About 20 Palestinians were killed today as Israeli warplanes, troops, and tanks targeted Palestinian Another militants. Another child was killed in Gaza. Security services have admitted they were probably the victims of an Israeli booby trap. Palestinian teenager was killed. Terrorism, terrorism, and more terrorism.
And that track was People Not Places. That was by Invincible. You can find that on the album Shapeshifters. Here's what the uh, JPost at JPost.com had to say about the details. This is just some highlights of what is actually in the, the quote-unquote deal of the century. Borders. Trump's plan features a map of what Israel's new borders will be. Should it enact the plan fully, Israel will retain 20% of the West Bank and will lose a small amount of land in the Negev 
near the Gaza-Egypt border. The Palestinians will have a pathway to a state in the vast majority of territory in the West Bank, while Israel will, re will, re will maintain control of all borders. This is the first time a U.S. president has provided a detailed map of this kind. Jerusalem. The Palestinians will have a capital in East Jerusalem based on northern and eastern neighborhoods that are outside of the Israeli security barrier. Karf Akab, Abu Dis, and half of Shuafat. Otherwise, Trump said Jerusalem will remain undivided as Israel's capital. Yeah, it's, it's very unclear. Maybe it's not so unclear. It's pretty clear that East Jerusalem, as it is, has been known historically, will not be the capital. But some uh, suburban neighborhoods um, near East Jerusalem may be allowed to be uh, a site for a capital. Settlements. Israel will retain the Jordan Valley and all Israeli settlements in the West Bank in the broadest definition possible, meaning not the municipal borders of each settlement, but their security perimeters. This also includes 15 isolated settlements which will be enclaves within an eventual Palestinian state. Within those settlements, Israel will not be able to build for the next four years. The IDF, that's Israeli Defense something, uh, will have access to the isolated settlements. For the settlement part of the plan, it's Israeli Defense Forces. Um, for the settlement part of the plan to go into effect, Israel will have to take action to apply sovereignty to the settlements, which Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said he plans to do at the upcoming cabinet meeting on Sunday. So this this portion of the plan that talks about settlements um, permanently gives the illegal settlements in the West Bank to Israel. Security. Israel will be in control of security from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. The Israeli Defense Forces will ha not have to leave the West Bank. No change to Israel's approach to Judea and Samaria, Samaria would be needed. And I don't know if it uh, gets into this a little bit further on or not. Um, this deal forbids the Palestinians from having an army to defend their state. The Palestinian state. The plan does not include immediate recognition of a Palestinian state. Rather, it expects a willingness on Israel's part to create a pathway towards Palestinian statehood based on specific territory. Refugees. A limited number of Palestinian refugees and their descendants will be allowed into the Palestinian state. None will enter Israel. And if you know your history of Israel's creation, um, many Palestinians were forced to flee from their homes in Israel, and many want the right of return. Triangle. The plan leaves open the possibility that Israel will swap the area known as the Triangle into the future Palestinian state. According to the plan, quote, the vision contemplates the possibility subject to agreement of the parties that the borders of Israel will be redrawn such that the triangle communities become part of the state of Palestine. Those are a few of the highlights, the main points of the plan. Some other things that, that weren't covered here are the fact that um, 
there would be a significant payment of money. I say significant, it's a it's a big dollar amount. I don't remember off the top of my head what that dollar amount is, but, but it sounds big and important. But when you're talking about um, funding of a nation, and in particular, a nation that has been under occupation for decades with extreme degraded services and with uh, regular bombing, from its occupier um the money that sounds like a large sum of money probably won't stretch all that far in return the palestinians would have to give up all legal rights to claim um in international courts against israel uh via their or or regarding their behavior during the occupation it's essentially a raw deal. It's pretty much attempted forced arbitration where they say, this is the plan. This is what we're doing. This is what you get. Fortunately, no one with any uh, seriousness in trying to really resolve the Israel-Palestinian conflict, no one on the Palestinian side is remotely interested in this quote-unquote deal. Here is Low Key from the soundtrack to The Struggle 2. This is Long Live Palestine 3. As you prepare your breakfast, think of others. Do not forget to feed the pigeons. As you wage your wars, think of others. Do not forget those who fight for peace. As you pay your water bill, think of others, those who are nursed by clouds. As you return home, to your home, think of others. Do not forget the people of the camps. As you sleep and count the stars, think of others, those who have nowhere to sleep. As you liberate yourself with metaphors, think of others, those who have lost the right to speak. As you think of others far away, think of yourself and say, if only I were a candle in the night. This is for Palestine, of course, the capital Jerusalem Unarmed people marching to the wall when they're shooting them Suppression is a question, resistance is the answer Long live Palestine, long live Gaza Palestine, of course, the capital Jerusalem Unarmed people marching to the wall when they're shooting them Suppression is a question, resistance is the answer Long live Palestine, long live Gaza All you see is war every time you turn your head and Bloodshed on the floor Mother cries, who cries for her this time It's truth between these walls See the lies between the lines They hide where the bullets coming from From the tyrants dressed in our disguise I'm gonna ride until the end Even if I get a pushback for all my friends Cause you know that I'm a fighter Let me see a lighter And we not gonna stop the Palestine is free But still you know that I'm a rider till the end Even if I got a pushback for all my friends Cause you know that I'm a fighter Let me see a lighter And we not gonna stop the Palestine is free Talk to not love, talk to be blind, talk to not care Tell me what's real, borderlines, military despair How to exist if there's no rights to be human in fear And if you take away your home, where's the heart supposed to live? Talk to not love, talk to be blind, talk to not care Tell me what's real, borderlines, military despair How to exist if there's no rights to be human in fear And if you take away your home, where's the heart supposed to live? Be my people, long live Palestine 
Jorge I could resist without a wheelchair Ten year challenge, tell Reg if we are still here And tell that killer Netanyahu he should feel fear The old live through us and guarantee the children will care Criminal, not invincible and you know it Samadun, Samadun still sitting in their stoic May not feel us with you when you listen to our poems You inspire humanity, your resistance is heroic Regardless of talk, it's time we answer the call Through your strength of spirit you provide example for all How to live, how to love when attacked from the clouds above Loud and clear, the songs you sung can't be drowned by the sound of guns Or just watch your tragic times through a satellite dish The least that we can give you is an anthem like this They panic, try to analyse and sanitise this But we love you more than ever, still Palestine lives Circling of the people of Gaza, the killing of civilians, the burning of homes, the daily oppression, the theft of land, the apartheid system in the West Bank where there are two road systems, and I've been and I'm sure you have, and you see the, the, the Israeli road, which is like a, a spanking new highway with just the settler cars going backwards and forwards, then you see the old Palestinian roads, and it's clearly, it's, it's people living under two sets of laws an apartheid system. So all this is being uncovered and the boycotts and divestment and sanctions campaign which I support and I'm sure many other people do as a peaceful protest against the Israeli oppression. Support groups have got to keep proclaiming the rights of the Palestinians are the right to return, the right to um, the right to their homeland really. and um, and the theft of land is Israel is breaking international law, it is breaking the Geneva Convention. Palestine, there's a hole in your soul. 
Oh, Palestine, or will it ever be home? Talk about the settlers that come from so far away. And talk about the money from the USA. And talk about the bullets they're made of plastic and steel. The pictures of a Palestine underneath the Iron Hill. Now what do you do when they come to your home and they tell you your land is no longer your own? Do you let them take it? Do you dare to resist? Pictures of a Palestine underneath the iron fist. Oh, Palestine, there's a hole in your soul. Oh, Palestine, or will it ever be whole? subjugation we say we want a settlement in terms of occupation we call for human rights but we never say what kind you can see what has come to in the faces of Palestine well does it ever make you think about the friends we endorse the armies of a general riding on an iron horse And does it ever make you wonder Why it always seems to be Such an undemocratic version of democracy Oh Palestine, there's a hole in your soul Oh Palestine, will it ever be whole Oh, Palestine, there's a hole in your soul. Oh, Palestine, I'll let your story be told. And rounding out our set on the quote-unquote deal of the century, that was Jim Page from the album Collateral Damage with the track Palestine. And for a few words this episode, we're going to uh, take a listen to one of my other podcasts. Um, One of my other podcasts is called People Are Revolting. It's a daily dose of disobedience. It is an article a day about people standing up, 
people fighting back, people working together to make the world a better place. This episode I released a little while back, it is called Co-Resistance in Palestine. A sign that humanity's still got it going on. The people are revolting. Welcome to People Are Revolting. This story is written by Oren Kroll Zeldin and is published at truthout.org. Recently, nonviolent Palestinian activist Kifa Andara, Kifa Adara, drew water from the Ain Albieda Spring near her West Bank village of Al Tuwani for the first time in 15 years. The spring is a natural water source that was used by Palestinian communities in the region for generations, but a decade and a half ago, nearby Israeli settlers started swimming in the spring which dirtied the water and made it unsuitable for drinking. For years, due to settler violence and intimidation tactics, Palestinians couldn't access the spring at all. That all changed after a massive nonviolent direct action in which a group of over 150 Palestinian, Israeli, and diaspora Jewish activists reclaimed and rehabilitated Ein Albaida thereby enabling Adara to walk from her village to fill water buckets for the first time since her youth. Quote, I remember coming to this spring with women from my village to collect water for our families, Adara said after the action. We would travel 1.5 kilometers on our donkeys, just like we did today. Once Israeli settlers began swimming in this spring, it was no longer safe for us to drink. For many years, we could not access the spring at all. I am so happy to be back at this spring. I hope that through the work that we started today, the people of this region can use this water again. Ein Elbeida, which means white spring in Arabic, is the only natural water source for people living in Al-Tuwani and other nearby villages. The spring is also near Avagayil, an illegal Israeli outpost established in 2001. Settlers living in Avagayil have access to electricity and running water provided by the Israeli government, despite the outpost being considered illegal under Israeli law, while the Palestinian village of Al-Tuwani lacks these services. This is representative of one of the many structural inequalities of the Israeli occupation in the West Bank, where services are systematically denied to Palestinians while brazenly given to Israeli Jewish settlers. The coalition of activists who participated in the action with Adara joined her to show their solidarity with the Palestinian struggle against occupation and to assert their commitment to justice in the region. Adara invited the Israeli and diaspora Jewish members of this coalition to demonstrate their commitment to Palestinian solidarity by leveraging their privilege as Jews to protect her and other Palestinian activists from settler and state violence. 
I participated in the action through a delegation with the Center for Jewish Nonviolence, a group that brings Jews from around the world to engage in nonviolent direct action and co-resistance projects alongside Palestinian and Israeli partners. My participation is central to my academic research investigating Jewish anti-occupation activism and the politics of Jewish identity. My research points to two important things with regard to this delegation in the action to rehabilitate and reclaim Ein Albeida. First, whereas previous research claimed that Jews engage critically with Israeli policies of occupation out of love for Israel and a desire to make it better, many of the activists with whom I am working are instead motivated by a deep commitment to justice, especially for Palestinians. Second, though there are many methods and tactics used to end occupation, the co-resistance model is one of the most impactful in showing tangible results to improve the lives of Palestinians on the ground. The nature of this organizing model also builds a vibrant intersectional and powerful anti-occupation social movement, building trust and relationships through embodied actions. Co-resistance means that Palestinians, Israelis, Jews from the diaspora, and international activists resist policies and structures of occupation in collaboration with one another. In the co-resistance model, Palestinians set the conditions for action and invite partners to join them based on the shared commitments to bring a just and equitable end to the Israeli occupation. Only those truly committed to dismantling the connected systems of oppression that harm communities in Palestine and Israel are invited to participate in co-resistance actions. Through co-resistance, Palestinians, Israelis, and international Jews build alliances across their differences that enables them to resist in relationship to each other. Building relationships structured on resistance is rooted in the tacit understanding that the liberation of one is deeply intertwined with the liberation of another. The co-resistance model demonstrates in practice and on the ground the words of Paulo Freire, who wrote in Pedagogy of the Oppressed, quote, We cannot say that in the process of revolution someone liberates someone else, nor yet that someone liberates himself, but rather that human beings in communion liberate each other, as exemplified by the direct action that allowed Adara to return to Ein Abeida, co-resistance shows how the symbolic power of Palestinians, Israelis, and international Jews coming together is a model for what the future of liberation and equality for all people who live in Palestine and Israel could look like. When Jewish activists join together in co-resistance and engage in projects to make life more livable for Palestinian communities, we refuse to enable the occupation. Co-resistance is therefore a rejection of the continued annexation of Palestinian land and resources, and the erasure of Palestinian life and culture. By engaging in co-resistance, we uplift Palestinian resilience and leadership and show by our physical presence that occupation is not our Judaism. This type of activism is a way of asserting a liberatory Jewish identity based in justice for all people, while reclaiming Judaism from Israeli state violence.
In these dark days, co-resistance is a ray of light that inspires hope for the possibility of a more just tomorrow. And if you want to check out back episodes of People Are Revolting, just go to peoplearerevolting.com. You can also follow on Twitter at People Revolting. Keep revolting, and thanks for listening. A sign that humanity's still got it going on. The people are revolting. I think you just nailed it. And once again, you can uh, follow People Are Revolting, a podcast wherever podcasts are available. And that'll bring us to our artist of the episode. The artist of the episode for this episode is Soul. This is a excerpt from an interview published at counterpunch.org written by Brendan McQuaid. Portland, Maine isn't exactly a hip-hop mecca. And Tim Holland, aka Soul, isn't the first image that comes to mind when we think of a rapper. In his lyrics, he's paid homage to Guy Debord, the Sugar Hill Gang, but Soul is more than a curiosity, a white rapper with an avant-garde bent. Growing up in a working-class family in de-industrializing Reagan-era Maine, his journey is also the story of hip-hop, a superfluous worker turning, quote, play labor into a paycheck. By 1998, Soul's creative, purposeful self-activity, his work, took from port took from Portland to Oakland, where he co-founded Anticon, an independent record label that put music that some put out music that some described as quote the hip hop equivalent of post rock. In a label of outsiders, Soul's music was the angriest and most political. In his various works, he's reflected on alienation and the predations of global c- capital and permanent war. In 2010, Holland left Anticon and began to release his music on his own imprint, Black Canyon Records. Since then, Soul took his politics from the recording studio and concert hall and into the street. He became active in Occupy Denver and continues to work with radical movements. To this day, he helps organize militant street actions, infrastructure projects, and confrontational demonstrations against capitalism and the state. Soul has contributed writings to It's Going Down, Revolution News, Daily Dot, and hosts a podcast called The Soulcast he releases with radical media organization Unicorn Riot. Soul also has a brand new podcast called Propagation by the Seed on uh, edible plants. It's very interesting. Brendan McQuaid recently talked to Soul about his journey. What was it like growing up in Maine in the 1980s? I grew up in a working class family. My mom ran a hair shop out of her house and my dad ran a welding shop. I grew up around working class people 
who were their own bosses. I saw all the ups and downs that came with owning your own labor. My father had a pretty serious heroin addiction and lost it all. We went from being pretty well off to pretty poor. All that trauma shaped me as a man. It led me to be really critical of everything. A lot of anti-authoritarianism probably begins with your relationship with your father. I was also really encouraged by my mother. Her encouragement and just being around parents that were go-getters made me think I could do whatever I wanted. So even though there were no white rappers that were very popular when I was growing up, I thought I could do it. It was Public Enemy that really clicked with me. Since I was always getting in trouble, the gangster shit clicked with my inner bad kid. A lot of that early so-called gangster rap was really subversive. It wasn't so materialistic and nihilistic as hip-hop today. Your music was political long before you became actively involved in movements. How did you get interested in radical politics? I never liked political hip-hop. I, I always thought it was boring. I always kept my commentary really vague. But then I was in New York on 9-11 when the planes hit, and it snapped me out of it. I realized that I couldn't hide behind my ignorance. I had to educate myself. I was lucky because I was doing music for a living, and I had all the free time in the world to educate myself. The first thing I picked up was Noam Chomsky's book on 9-11. When I saw the Trade Towers fall, I knew it was blowback, but I didn't have the broad historical sense to really express it. I went from Chomsky to Marx to Emma Goldman and Howard Zinn. I spent a lot of time in that period on those four in particular. It was basic radical history and philosophy 101, but that was my path and shaped my work. For instance, I wrote the song Plutonium after reading about striking coal miners in Colorado in the people's history of the United States. A little later, I discovered Guy Debord. That focused me as an artist and poet because it's essentially an art movement that goes beyond art. They created art that actively intervened in the world. They tried to broaden the approach to revolution. It spoke to me in an aesthetic way. Having grown up at the beginning of the internet and seeing the way the images ruled our lives, the analysis in society of spectacle really resonated. I spent years thinking about the situationists and took a lot out of them. Moving forward, when things started with Occupy Denver, I was well positioned to help out. I had an analysis that allowed me to blur all my experiences as an artist running a label and doing PR with activism. We were able to be pretty effective in our creative interventions. And from the album No God Nor Country, here is the track Extremist. They say I'm an extremist, cause the place more vacuum on the form of life. This is my home, not a motherfucking resource. They say I'm an extremist My grandfather went to France to fight the Nazis And we're supposed to sit around for four years Well there was a Nazi in the Oval Office Nah 
They said bend the knee, I say my back is sore They told me get a job, I already got four They tell me I'm white, but I wasn't before Bacon's rebellion pit us against one another But hey, nothing sacred, not even the economy We think cash rules, it's all ideology I mean, Michigan, drinking water still toxic But castaways, 3% killer still walking We spent 700 bucks a month on health insurance But when we had a kid, it's 10 G's out the pocket and that's some real WTF Real talk, two years later We still paying that off But hey, I own some land Ain't got no college debt That's more than I can say Than a lot of folks I've met But we split hairs They go split atoms Where I stand like years To the left of Rachel Maddow Anarchists like Orwell Communists are no committee We defend our neighborhoods They bomb cities on J20 Some windows got smashed Cops got what they had coming Mass arrested everyone And tried to give them life in prison from the comfort of your limo, you called them extremists But we're living in a nightmare Sometimes it feels they're the only ones dreaming I'd rather hug a tree than a motherfucking cop Place more faith in a seed than a motherfucking bank We don't need economy, what you say is sacrosanct Bitch, more value in a data set than a human life Don't compare us with the white supremacists who shoot schools Cause when the hurricane hits, we'll be there with some food And when you go on strike, we'll be there standing with you And if you never see the light, we'll be making candles too Oh, this, that shit, that got MLK killed Not the MLK they taught you in the public schools They call him an outside agitator too Of course we're outside as you hide behind your walls It was a brutal world you installed like a CIA coup Built on a hill of lies till that lie became true And it's all we ever knew, can't see past it Everything you stole, your grandchildren inherited Welcome to America, we'll make it out alive Another brick in the pyramid as part of you die Don't accept this as your life, father taught it was a shame Died alone in a trailer with no penny to his name It's indentured servant to. No one should believe in this And as we speak Millionaires are buying up streams and lakes in New Zealand Building doomsday bunkers What about the rest of us who can't afford to leave this mess That you made So if resisting this makes me an extremist Then that word is Utterly Meaningless
paid my dues, paid off my debts, paid for the cost of beliefs, paid for the years I spent high off my ass, paid for the peeps who got fat off my back, paid for the life that I led and the one I could not, all for the love of the art, to learn what I can and attack but I cannot accept as my lot and a rock that is falling apart, all that I want is some land and some peace to find me in the wild, catch me rolling, watching the loam, even penning a poem, all of my words past the margin, the English language it is never enough to convey, cause it's been stripped of its roots and we've all been cuffed, we do what we can to undo it it seems it's never enough midnight how many times have i felt this plane just in my gut when the runway runs out all in keep shuffling this hand i've been dealt too young to pain too old to sell we are not by sharp pawns or See fire, they come with a bottle. It's the oceans are rising. They talk about ifs and whens, but it's clear that it's they claim to bring jaws. Automation is coming. The money they promise is every day a white guy shoots up a mall and they keep on blabbing. It's running for office and cheering them on, but it's fixing their thinking. Is in the shell of the old, we construct what we need, but need help because our work it is. We never back down from a fight. The batons in the courts and the prisons are. Our shit take on water, it's freezing, it's tired and broken, our buckets are I ran through the streets like a moth through a flame Threw my body against their shields Watch my friends get hauled away They struck us down, but we never kneel These gestures evaporate Like ripples in a sea of rage But all tides are rising slowly And we will be back in waves They strike us down, we strike for life Beyond work and struggle, it's To escape and engage or choose both And for some they might know that it's probably This life is short, every breath is a blow against capital So take what you can, destroy what you must But know in your heart that it's I keep trying, feels like I'm lying to myself Carving my life into ice as it mounts Deadlines, bruised black sky coming down Hope's just the space between storm and ground Our commodified forms of velvet robes Around our throats, a mission and buff We're not bunch to be sold on pedestals Slippery slow, it's never enough Burning dreams to keep warm
And that track was also off the album No God, no God Nor Country. That was enough. And here is a little more from the same interview. As an artist and activist, how do you see the balance of autonomy and precarity in the so-called gig economy? It's harder today than it was before. There's less money to be made off album sales. So artists that really are trying to make it have to spend a lot of time on the road. Not everyone has a demand to spend that time on the road, so it makes it a lot more difficult for artists to earn a living. There used to be a lot more infrastructure in place that you could discover things through. There's been this incredible churn. When I was a kid, I used to read Source magazine to find out about the best hip-hop. When I was starting out, internet file sharing and college radio was huge for us. For a while, the blogosphere was a place where people were discovering new music. Social media has mostly wiped that out. But it's just aggregation. There's actually less and less platforms. What's happening to artists is the same narrative as Uber and Airbnb. Capital is everywhere. To make it, you need to turn your car into a cab and your house into a hotel. It's precarious labor. A lot of people don't like to think of it in these terms, but artists are part of the working class. There is this conception that artists live these simple, blessed lives. We're not these free-floating, creative bohemians. Patronage is coming back. To do their work, artists and other creative workers now have to seek patrons. For instance, The Intercept is made possible by a multi-million dollar donation. This is what it takes to get serious investigative journalism done. It's the same story with Democracy Now! or even NPR. In music, people like Amanda Palmer have used crowdsourcing to liberate themselves from corporate bosses and debt. Historically, a lot of great works were created by patronage. Today, we're seeing a different kind with crowdsourcing. People are thinking about the kind of world they want and the kind of art they want to see in the world. It's become a political choice to support art. And here's an excerpt from a different um, interview with Soul. This published at thehuffpost.com. Tell us about, and this is from several years back, tell us about the new dispatches from the American Fall mixtape and rap as journalism. Well, as soon as I heard folks were occupying Wall Street, I knew that this 99% meme would be very powerful and that conversation about class consciousness in America was about to change. I also knew that there probably aren't many other rappers out there who have made as many songs about the economy and empire as I have. For a while I had wanted to make a soul index, a kind of sampler with tracks from each of my albums, but never found the time to do it. Because I had so many songs on this topic, it was easy for me to just go through and pick 20 or so of my favorite songs from different points in my career and put dispatches together. Over the past couple of years, I have really been fascinated with the idea of rap as journalism and different ways of taking popular rap format and using it to intervene immediately in current events. The rise of Little B and his massive Lil B and his massive output of video content really inspired me as well. I thought that I could take my ideas of rap as journalism and take a few notes from Lil B on how to effectively use social media. 
One method I've used a lot lately is the situationist idea of detournement, where I take a mainstream rap song and change its meaning, often reversing its meaning, to express critiques of empire, capitalism, misogyny, etc. Throughout my career, I've always been inspired by how artists like Bob Dylan and Woody Guthrie were able to make, quote, popular songs that articulated the frustrations of working people. Theorists like Guy Debord always implied that art that does not fight against the prevailing winds of dominant culture are worthless, and although this is a harsh statement, I choose to err on what I consider to be the right side of history. And here is a track, Non-Workers of the World, from the album, A Ruthless Criticism of Everything Existing. Once again it's on Strapped to erase these Palestinian poems Fuck on my face with your bullshit songs This is dropped by the class music Class war music I barely care about music Rather be in the trenches With my sisters and brothers Screaming fuck those who dedicate their lives to fuck us We rats out the lab We learn science We black cats blocking light speed traffic This is for the stone cold warriors my weapon of choice is metaphorical Tongue laced like a 68 in Paris Throwing paint on the walls of appearances Squirrel on my desk, dog on my lap Don't recognize the borders on the map In this land we're all illegal So it ain't white guilt when I speak to my pale people Used to get my ass kicked wearing X hats Now I look at rap like where's the Malcolm X at? We're beyond the point of following leaders Rome is burning, follow the fire I'm still screaming, fight the power I'll stop screaming when we cut the power This ain't a FEMA camp, don't put your hands up Non-workers of the world, stand up I'm still screaming, fight the power I'll stop screaming when we cut the power This ain't a FEMA camp, don't put your hands up Non-workers of the world, stand up Non-workers of the world, stand up To the workers of the world, quit Trendy journalists think I ought to tone it down Can't kill the cops in their heads, they want to drone me down I'm not good at looking, but I'm good at cooking Used to work for corporations, now I smash them for a living My cold world getting warmer, Dunny Hope the NSA at least thinks my tweets are funny all these rappers are afraid of me Cause I stick to my guns like Obama and Tripoli Farewell the friends, I'll never see you again Where I'm going ain't nothing but toxic wind I'm having the time of my life You should get one and recognize your body is your greatest weapon They fight fire with fire We fight fire with kerosene and lighters Hose us down, we multiply like gremlins Babylon, ignore such a peril. Technically and intellectually, we are living in an atomic age. Emotionally, we are still living in the Stone Age. The Aztecs on their feast days would sacrifice 20,000 men to their gods in the belief that this would keep the universe on its proper course. We feel superior to them. 
space called Earth Inhabited by humans, we eat animals for food Lucky humans are born in a place called the West If you ain't from it, get a boot in your neck The boot wants you water, your diamonds, your labor, your oil Products in your market and you buy it And if you ain't down, get stopped off slow Don't want your kids to die, sign up now There once was a man by the name of Saddam You might remember him on YouTube, he was hung My man was down with the back body clicking If it be did to with American tanks Wrapping up our set of songs from Soul, 
We went from non-workers of the world to the owners of the world. Owners of the world is off the album Desert Eagle. You can check out all Soul's uh, work at soul1.org. Find his podcast there as well as all of his music. And that'll bring us to a brand new song. Anti Flag has a new album out. I guess it's not quite so brand new anymore. It's been out for oh uh, a month or two now. But from the album 2020 Vision, this is the song 2020 Vision. I had a 2020 vision. And that'll just about wrap up this episode of Polyrical. Remember, you can check out all the back episodes, find those links to make a recommendation for a song or artist for an upcoming episode, and a link to send me an email. You can find all of that at polyrical.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Polyrical. You can also watch and listen to me record Polyrical live on Twitch. You'll find me at twitch.tv slash unrelated things. Here is Layla McCullough from the album The Capitalist Blues with the song The Capitalist Blues. Thanks for listening.
It can be such a 